This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the podcast for all of the news, notes, and breakdowns for your Ohio State Buckeyes. This is Sons of the Shoe with Nick Wilson and Spencer German. Hey, y'all. Nick Spencer back with you guys. As always, we beg for your patronage. Please follow the Sons of the Shoe podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, the Odyssey app, 923thefan.com. But as we get started today, we will get into the Kyle McCord rumors out there. Uh, we will play a little bit of the butterfly game as well in the middle of the show. We got the Michigan panic meter. We've got to get into, you know, kind of that first look at the Cotton Bowl coming up here in a few weeks' time. But as we get started, hi, Spencer. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, Nick. I'm good. Busy. It's that time of year. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, it's weird, honestly, as we are at a, an Ohio State and college football podcast to not have like we, we've reached that point where you're like looking ahead of the, to the weekend and you're like, there's 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 no college football on my, my Saturday slate anymore. We at least had Army Navy last weekend, which is always a tradition in my family, having people who people in my family who went to Navy. We always at least get into that game, but now there's there's just nothing. It's just bowl season, so here we are. Well, and kudos to the Army-Navy game for being an absolute. It looked like a runaway victory late in that game. <laughs> All of a sudden, it is a barn burner at the very end. Um, I've had the good fortune to go to Army-Navy. I'm telling you, you know, it's funny. I too, yeah. I didn't grow up building my, my Saturday after Ohio State-Michigan around Army-Navy. And I, when I was in Charlotte, I got to go as, as part of the radio row. And then I got mm. to stand on the field as both marching bands came on. That's awesome. And, and played uh, the SSB and then and the alma mater and then went off. And I got to tell you, man, like, I still don't make it like, you know, I was super busy Saturday. I watched a little bit of the end, you know, basically watched the fourth quarter. But if you've never gone, I really think there's just a special power 
in in that game that it really you know it touches on a lot of the nostalgia a lot on on patriotism and I got to be honest I'm not really a sucker for that last part but man did it hit me hard <laughs> and it always does it's just because you see like I think you know I think patriotism is kind of a complicated thing but when it comes to that game those 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 young men are playing that for real yeah, that does mean something to them, and it's not the the hokey patriotism that politicians serve up to get our votes. It's a real thing. It sacrifices real, and it's tough not to get swept away in the emotion of that. And then to have it be the game that it was on Saturday, uh, I'm gonna get all misty here. I thought it was it was a hell of a lot of fun. And it was a great game. Yeah, I mean, what's the line they always say? Like th- this is the only game in the college football slate where the people who are playing on the field are ready to die for the people who are watching the game in the stands and at home on, on, on TV. I, I think that's always kind of like a, a line that puts that, that game in perspective. I have also been have with my brother when he was, when he was at Navy, I went twice and yeah, I, I just think to your point, like just the fanfare that's involved in it, the, the show that you get with a lot of like the, the flyovers and you know, the, the two basically, schools marching onto the field uh, opposite of each other and all these different things. And I, the stadium's always split and you get one side cheering for Navy and one side cheering for army. And there's the whole like sing first sing second thing at the end. Um, it is a really, really cool thing. I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, and I, I, I think like if you have like a sports bucket list or specifically like a college football bucket list, going to that game should 100% be on there. Cause it's, it's worth every penny. It's, it's, it's fantastic. I agree. So as the regular season has concluded, the transfer portals opened up, obviously early signing period. Um, it's the 20th. So that's coming up next week. We got a lot planned for all that stuff, but you know, Cam Ward is visiting Miami this week. He's been kind of making rounds. There's been some whispers about Dante Moore going back to Michigan, maybe to either Michigan state or more importantly, Michigan. And yet with Ohio state, one name that's on the radar, and there was actually uh, a Notre Dame blogger, Ryan Roberts, yeah. um, who reported that, you know, initially we thought Riley Leonard was going from Duke to no- uh, Notre Dame and it was closed for business because he was closed for contact on the portal. Well, now uh, it looks like Auburn and Ohio State are trying to wrangle a visit with him. And I got to tell you, like, I've really struggled. Hell, you and I struggled with Dante Moore versus Cam Ward when, you know, leading into the portal. Riley Leonard's a really intriguing guy because I think when you start, here's here's the basic fact that you start with. If he was healthy this year and you really can't look at his stats from this year and gleam anything because he had a pretty significant ankle injury. But if, if Riley had been healthy this year, one, uh, Duke probably surpasses, not probably, they surpass they're a high watermark with Mike Elko in his first year. And they, they might have been on the national periphery in the background, given how weak the ACC was. And two, Riley Leonard's off to the NFL draft. He's not in the portal. Yeah. I, I think, too, they – I'm trying to think back to that FSU Duke game. But I remember he, play, he, was, he was active for that game. He played. And then he left the game sort of like midway through, and it was like a one-score game at the time, and then FSU was able to kind of pull away. So as we sit here and still – I know people are still reeling after the, the college football playoff ranking came out. You kind of reflect on certain moments. You can look back and say like, well, Auburn should have beat Alabama, and Ohio State could have beat Michigan. I think that's another one that you can look back on and say like, well, if Riley Leonard stays healthy, are we even talking about the 
whole dilemma with FSU being 13 and 0 because he they they very much could have won that game and it could have been a loss for Florida State. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's interesting because now you got people playing the game of for, well, first of all, let me go back for a second because yeah, I saw the same sort of reporting from a blog the, the Notre Dame blogger as you over the weekend that was Riley Leonard could sign with Notre Dame as early as Monday mm-hmm. and it was supposed to be like a done deal. And here we are now Tuesday and we still don't, the only news we really have on Riley Leonard is that he signed an, an NIL deal with Gillette. That's all we got so far. And that's so, good money, by yeah. the way. Are you telling me free razors and cash? Give me that. I mean, razors. Yeah. Th- those things are expensive. Like that, that covers the, the NIL bill in its own right. I think if you just get a lifetime supply of razors, um, but no, he's got I, a baby face. So let, you know, again, he, he might not need him. Yeah. That lifetime supply for him is not the same thing as this. Ugly I was going to say, give your boy Nikki does. Let's, yeah. let's make another play here for some, some sponsorships yeah. or something. Don't hate us. collaborate. Okay. <laughs> well, Hey, if Riley Leonard ends up at Ohio state, we'll have to get him on the show, I guess. And then we can maybe see what, what kind of deal we can work out. Uh, but no, uh, yeah. But now people are sort of playing the game of which quarterback do you want? Because, on top of that report that Notre Dame was was going to make it a done deal with him, we got the report that Ohio State is like all in on Riley Leonard being their top target in the portal, which I found interesting as well. So I don't know, like, do you like Riley Leonard better than some of these other options that we've thrown out there? I know you really love the idea of Dante Moore and him coming to Columbus to kind of be developed and, and grow from his time at UCLA. I sort of feel like I like Cam Ward a little bit better than I think I do Riley Leonard, but you can't deny like Riley Leonard, you give him the weapons that he would have at Ohio State. I, I think without a doubt, like, and he stays healthy, of course, which injuries were an issue for him this year. Without a doubt, like, I think he's probably in the Heisman conversation. And you're right, he's he's a top NFL prospect going going into the league in 2025. Well, it's funny, you know, um, this year when he was health healthy, his numbers um, were maybe not as great as the year before. Yeah. Again, I think if you look at his 2022, the stat line here is 64% completion percentage, roughly 3,000 passing yards, 20 passing touchdowns, six INTs, 700 rushing yards, and 13 touchdowns. And that's in Duke's offense. That is surrounded by, you know, um, some problematic talent around you. He's never played with what he would have, you know, potentially Jeremiah Smith, um, obviously Carnell Tate, some of the other weapons. Maybe they've got coming back. Harrison Jr. Possibly if he comes back, who knows? Stop that. Stop <laughs> that right damn now. We can still dream about Travion or Emeka Abuka, even though that's also not happening, but you know, he would also be playing for an offensive minded head coach. You know, he's had Mike Elko the last two years. So, you know, I, I was looking up and kind of looking back. The strengths are he has NFL arm talent and ball placement. He has NFL size. He's 6'4", 210. He is a true dual threat. You know, yeah. this is this is probably the best athlete you've had at that position. Um, and that's because CJ's now <laughs> suddenly a great athlete. Um, but since Justin Fields, the raw the the downside is he's a little raw, especially in the pocket. He can struggle reading the 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 field fully and ball security. But like, if you start to put it all together, you know, some of these concerns are things that are really more 2022 based. He will be two years removed from that. I think, man, it's tough not to move him ahead of Cam Ward because Cam is really good. He does have some turnover issues and he's not the the running threat. So it's almost like stylistically, it kind of went back to that Dante Moore 
um, Cam Ward thing of, you know, stylistically what's most important for Ryan Day because he had a guy who was more mobile, C.J. Stroud. He didn't move him around. But you right. look back with what they did with Justin Fields, and that is the fullest iteration of Ryan Day's offense that we've really seen in Columbus because the years before he was dealing with Dwayne Haskins. So I I got to be honest with you. I'm really, I'm really torn here because I think Riley Leonard has all the things that if you put him into the right system with the right head coach, right play caller, and the right talent around him, he could be your next top 10 pick next year because he has all oh, yeah. the things that NFL teams covet right now. I think that's well said. Um, I, I, the biggest thing I think that you hit on in, in comparing Cam Ward versus him to me has to be the turnovers. Like I think Cam Ward's going to maybe take more risks than, than Riley Leonard is. Um, I think we kind of saw that on the tape this year with him. And yeah, the, the other big one that stands out is he's not quite the mobile quarterback that Riley Leonard would be now to your, I think the question becomes is Ryan day willing I mean, he must be if, if the rumors and the reports that are out there that Ohio State's really going after um, Riley Leonard and they they feel like that's their guy. I would hope that that means Ryan Day envisions an offense built around his skill set where he's going to be used as a runner more than maybe he has used guys as a runner in the past. But it's also funny because, like, you never felt like Justin Fields was handicapped as a runner. Like he kind of had free reign to run when he needed to run and when he wanted to run. It was just a CJ Stroud thing. I don't know why that was. I don't know if it was like he just had to prove to himself that he could make this perfect NFL pocket quarterback or something, which doesn't even matter today because nowadays NFL quarterbacks, I mean, look what look what uh, the Eagles do with like Jalen Hurts, right? Like you can be a pocket passer and a good runner and they can find a way to, to utilize your skill set. I think that's been sort of the revolutionary thing in the NFL today. But I, I would imagine if you're targeting Riley Leonard, that you have to at least be open to the idea of using his skill set in that way and opening up your playbook more to do more of those things and not limit him to what you tried to do with CJ Stroud for most of the year until all of a sudden in the Georgia game you decided, hey, all you know, all bets are off. We're just gonna pull out all the stops. So I would hope that's his thought process. I think there's also a conversation to be had here if you know, if he is bringing in a guy like Riley Leonard, would he maybe concede some of the play calling duties to somebody? I don't know if it's Brian Hartline, who's the sort of offensive coordinator, just in title only, it seemed like this past year, um, but somebody who maybe wants to utilize the skill set in that way. And then he just kind of has, you know, veto power on certain decisions or whatever it might be. And it's funny too, because that was a conversation. I remember the, Kirk Herbstreit basically stirred that up for like on like the bowl game New Year's Day, um, where on on uh, game day he said, from what he understands, Ryan Day is willing to give up play calling duties, and it was kind of just like a headline only thing, like oh yeah he's willing to do it, but then we know going into this year it was kind of just like they named Brian Hartline an offense coordinator, but it was still Ryan Day calling the shots, so it was kind of like was he maybe just collaborating more? So would he fully embrace the idea of? you know what, I'm going to let somebody else call the majority of plays. I'll have veto power, and maybe that gets you what you're looking for in a guy who's willing to use Riley Leonard in a lot of different ways. So I think that's probably a, a topic better served when we have more time to kind of flesh it out. For sure. Um, but I, I really think that's one of the biggest questions facing Ohio State this offseason. And that kind of dovetails into what Ryan Day needs to do to adapt to beat Michigan. And I think we put a lot of it on the program 
And, and I think there's also the conversation about, you know, him as a coach. And I think specific, I think what's interesting about this is it's funny because they both play in perceived weaker conferences. If you had asked me coming into the year, who I'd rather have Riley Leonard or Cam Ward, I probably would have said Riley Leonard because to that point they had both played in inferior conferences. I think Cam Ward played, played in more bigger games this year Agreed. in one season than I think, you know, he had in his in, in previous career in art incarnate word and Washington state previously. And now I think he's got more in one year, more big games against ranked opponents with, with like real national implications than Riley Leonard did at all at ACC. And I think that I struggle with that. You know I mean? Like I think whomever you bring in, this is it, it all, you have to surpass Kyle McCord. When we talked about Kyle McCord, we thought he was good enough to beat Rutgers. We thought he and, and that almost didn't happen. We thought he was good <laughs> enough to beat Illinois and Purdue and all these schools. Now look who's slandering Rutgers. It was, <laughs> damn it. I was I was I do it. <laughs> but I think the biggest question you can ask yourself with Riley with either Riley Leonard or Cam Ward is can they beat Michigan and can they win a national title? Because Cam, and it's so funny because I don't think he's limited. I almost think he, I think Cam Ward's kind of in the similar boat with CJ Stroud. Like he's more athletic than you realize. But I think, you know, he has that, that gunslinging ability that might be able to transcend in those games. But you look at Riley and it's, it's that dual threat ability right now, the way that you beat teams like that and, and, and more so to me, the way you win national titles right now. You know, the reason why I really give Michael Penix Jr. a chance. I mean, look at what's going on with uh, uh, the kid at Alabama. And, like, I think the way that you beat teams who are as talented, in some cases, just flat out more talented than you, or might be maybe a hair more talent like Georgia versus Ohio State, is I think you have a quarterback that can do both things. And Riley Leonard, here's the thing. Intermediate, he's not awful. But in the intermediate, he struggles more than his ability just to push the ball down the field and make big plays with his arms. And he is he's just a walking play, or sorry, he's a play waiting to happen with his legs. And I, I really like, again, if, if Cam Ward comes here, he's got one way to beat opposing teams. With Riley, he's just so athletic, and he's got yeah. such a strong arm that you can – again, I don't – he <sighs> – Cam Ward might be the better quarterback, but Riley Leonard's versatility and athleticism in that offense with those players, I think is a hell of a lot more projectable when you start throwing in Dallas Hayden, when you start throwing in Jeremiah Smith, when you start throwing in Carnell Tate and all the different kind of weapons that you might have. And I think what's funny about this is it only furthers more, more pondering because you're not going to build the same offensive line behind both guys. So I like, it feels like you almost have to land the quarterback and then you can go and see, all right, who's going to be your left tackle. You know, are what are we doing at this position? That kind of stuff. Yeah. I think that's probably a good viewpoint to have on it. Um, I think too, I, I had a conversation with a buddy of mine from high school. Who's, who's a big Georgia fan. And he actually, he was, he was telling me, he thought that he he predicted Bama to win the the game against Georgia, the SEC championship game, because his biggest reason was 
Milrow being a dual threat quarterback and Georgia over the years has struggled with dual threat quarterbacks, which is probably part of the reason why you saw Ryan Day pull that out of the, the hat in that game because he knew that was something that they could exploit. And I think that certainly speaks to, I mean, think about all the great defensive linemen that have come out of Georgia in recent years, like the way that you kind of neutralize them or use their aggressiveness against them. It, they, they basically all play for the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Um, but yeah, like the way you use that against them is you have a guy that can escape and, and make some plays with his legs. So I do think that Riley Leonard is intriguing to me because of that ability to give you not only, hey, we can beat Michigan with this guy, but we also have a guy now who can put us in that position to beat a team like Georgia or Bama or whoever if we make it to that stage and we make it to that level we are trying to chase a national championship. So, um, yeah, I think it's twofold. I also think, too, if we're talking about sort of three names here that we've thrown out during this segment and Dante Moore, uh, Riley Leonard, and Cam Ward – I think the the latter two, Leonard and Ward, do make the most sense from a standpoint of what we talked about in last week's episode, where you have you know Ryan Day making a visit to Air Nolan and making sure, hey, we got this commitment, he's coming here. If you really want him to kind of be the heir apparent that you're transitioning to in 2025, which I'm assuming he kind of understands how the setup's going to work at Ohio State, like he's probably they're probably not banking on him starting the first year. Maybe they're maybe that's how they're thinking, and we don't know. Um, but that's not generally how I think they've thought about it in the past. So I'm assuming he kind of is on board with what, what the plan is. Um, if he's coming here, I think it makes more sense to go after a Ward or a Leonard because of what you said earlier. Though either of those two guys is probably a one in pro, and then it paves the way for Nolan to start that next year and kind of be that that next big-name quarterback that they recruited and brought in. Before we move on, I did want to point out Stuart Mandel earlier today tweeted out, that even though Ohio State, Georgia, and I think he named Michigan in that as well, are expected to go gung-ho in the portal, that right now they really, not, and not any of those three teams, have really landed anybody consistent. As a matter of fact, like that crystal ball thing that 24-7 sports does, yeah. as of right now, the only people in there are Ohio State firm commits uh, heading to the high school, you know, the early high school deadline next week. So I think it's really interesting. Like I, I, the longer this goes on, I don't want to say I'm concerned, but I'm concerned. I'd like to see Ohio state come out and have that move that puts everybody at ease and maybe, you know, that we can start piecing together. And I think the only one it would be is the quarterback. Yeah, I think the quarterback is the number one thing that you point to and go, okay, so we've got a dual threat quarterback. So here's what we should look at the offensive line. You know, he's a deep ball guy. So maybe let's get one more of this kind of wide receiver in the offense, another speed guy, maybe, you know, like I think you can start to kind of build things around. And I, you know, I'm sure we could find something that like the Nolan kid from um, Texas A&M who's in the, the portal or the kid from um, Michigan state, whose name escapes me right now, the defensive tackle. I'm sure those would be big, like, Ooh, odd type moves, but really until you start to see, yes, we've got a portal quarterback or no, we don't. And it's going to be Nolan versus Devin Brown versus Lincoln Keenholz next year. Until you get kind of firm footing there, it's going to be, I think really anxious. I think every buck, I think I'm going to be anxious as a Buckeye fan, just, Wondering when the hell that shoe's going to drop and what this what this thing's going to look like. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, obviously the quarterback's the one that's going to be the, the, the most notable, like if with all the panic of, well, this doesn't usually happen at Ohio state, all these guys entering the portal and all these different things. I do think if you go out and you land the quarterback that you're, you're sort of linked to here and you get that big name, I do think that will put a lot of people's minds at ease. Um, And I, and I do think it almost feels like Nick, you know, baseball off season stuff going on right now. You just had winter meetings and you're always kind of waiting for that first domino to fall, which this past this, this week seems to be the week that it fell with the, the Shohei Otani deal, obviously. And it, now it kind of feels like everything else is going to transpire from here with teams making moves and signing guys and making trades and all these different things. I think it's kind of similar. Like if you're Ohio state, you get that position taken care of most notably and then you kind of fill in the cracks from there. What you want the offensive line to look like? Maybe if there's a defensive line target that you can go after, you add that person. So I, I think I think it start the dominoes kind of start with landing whichever quarterback you think is is going to be the best fit for you, and then they'll go from there. All right, guys, we will continue to keep you guys abreast of the latest portal and recruiting news, of course. Follow the show everywhere or anywhere. You get your podcast there, Apple, Spotify, the free Odyssey app, 923thefan.com. Of course, follow 923thefan's YouTube page as well. But when we come back, we've got to get into the butterfly effect of Ohio State this season. And when breaking up, you got to focus on you. We're probably not going to do that, though. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. 